the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you timid, shy in the faith? Do you have a tough time sharing your faith at times? Well, stick around. Today, we'll give you some real encouragement that'll bolster your faith. Join us for Abounding Grace and Pastor Gary Wagner next. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org, this is Abounding Grace. Welcome to our program. We are back in Romans, and we've been spending a lot of time here in chapter 8, verses 28 and forward. And for good reason, there's just an awful lot here that can really encourage us and bolster us in our faith. God, our unshakable assurance is the title of our message today. And that assurance is what builds confidence, bolsters surety in our lives. Stick around if you're looking for a bit of confidence, a bit of bolstering. Here's Pastor Gary and today's Abounding Grace. How do I know God loves me and chose me to be his own? Look at the third link in the chain. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. In other words, we are never to think of foreknowledge and predestination as just esoteric theological ideas. It is an unbreakable connection between God's love of us in eternity, God's choosing of us, and His actual work in us in history. So what does God do for all those for whom He has loved? What does He do for all those for whom He has predestined? He calls them. Now, this isn't a general calling of the gospel, although it includes it. In in other words, we are to present the gospel to everyone. We are not supposed to sit here and say, well, they seem like they're elect, so I'll talk to them. But I'm sure they're not elect, so I'm not going to talk to them. We don't know. And it's not any of our business. In fact, it is silly that such an idea was ever brought forward as an objection to election and predestination because the gospel is to go out to everyone. One of the church's missions in this world is to teach all the nations and all the men in all those nations everything Christ has commanded. But this calling is special. It is distinguishing. It is discriminating, and we should be very glad that it is. Because if God did not give a discriminating gospel call, everyone would go to hell. I know our free-willing brothers would like to leave some room here for their will. But again, men are dead in their trespasses and sins. And never choose Jesus. God has to quicken our minds. Illumine our minds, renew our wills, and then we can come. Then we are able to decide to follow Jesus. But it is because God has has called us 
out of our tombs. Look at John chapter 5, verse 24. John chapter 5, verse 24. Hear what Jesus says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation, but is fat passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead, not the half alive, but the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. In other words, what Jesus did at the tomb of Lazarus is what he does to all those whom God knew in eternity and predestined to be his own. He stands at the tomb of their life and says, Alex, come forth. David, come forth. Matthew, come forth. Pearl, come forth. That is what he does. And then the dead come out and they live. That is what happened to Lydia in Acts chapter 16, verse 14. Here we have a very interesting little passage that shows the connection between the general call of the gospel that goes out to everyone and then God's particular call. Acts 16, 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul. So Paul's preaching and teaching. And here, of course, there were other people there besides Lydia, but God opened Lydia's heart so that she could hear, heed, and receive the things that were spoken of by Paul. So, are you called? I mean, you and I have got to be brought out of our tomb. Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you are born from on high, which is another way of saying, unless Jesus stands at the tomb of your life and calls your name, which is another way of saying, Acts sixteen fourteen, the Lord opened her mind. He opened her heart. I cannot see or hear or enter the kingdom of God unless God calls me out of the darkness and into the fellowship of his son. That's in 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Now, before you answer the question, are you called? Think for a moment how this contributes to assurance. If you do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you are clinging to him, why is that? It is because your middle name is Lazarus. If you believe the gospel and you have come to Jesus Christ, one of your names is Lazarus. Now, what do I mean by that? Because Jesus Christ, by his spirit, through human instruments, has stood at the tomb of your life. And he has called you out of death into the light and life, just like Lazarus. One of the greatest evils and dangers that's in the church today, and it has nothing to do with movies or pornography or Hollywood or Washington, D.C. It has nothing to do with any of that. It is that we are in very serious danger 
of losing any sense of supernatural new birth. We're in a very, very real danger of just reducing the gospel to come here, feel good. Come here, fix your relationships. Come here, fix your finances. Beloved, that is not the gospel. Even unbelievers can do that. They can lead organizations that do all of that. Christianity is of a different origin altogether because it affirms faith in a living, resurrected Savior who must call you out of the tomb or you will remain dead. Now you may be moral. You may fix your own finances. You may fix your own marriage. But you are dead until he calls your name and brings you out of the tomb, gives you the new birth, causes you to be born again, gives you a heart of flesh. All these metaphors that scripture uses to stress the same thing I said at the beginning. God is the subject. God alone calls men out of darkness into his light. So understand that if you believe in the Lord Jesus and you are coming to him, Jesus came to your tomb one day and he removed the lid and he brought you out. Now, let me ask you, do you think if the Lord Jesus Christ has called your name and brought you out of that tomb and given you life? Do you honestly think anything that happens to you in this life can possibly prevent God's purposes from being realized in your life? You may be perplexed. But wait a minute, I've been raised from the dead. Can you imagine anything that was disturbing that happened to Lazarus after this life-changing event? Lazarus, oh, you've got terrible flu. Oh, well. Lazarus, you just lost your job. Oh, well. Lazarus, your oxen are all dead. Oh, well. Why? Because I was dead and I saw some things. And he really did, beloved. Not like all these pretenders we have in the church today. And Jesus called me back, he said. I know who has brought me to life. I know a little bit about what the future holds. Everything else is of little consequences to me now. So is your name Lazarus? Has God called you? As the Puritans used to say, you must close with Jesus. It's not enough to know that he's out there somewhere. That didn't do Lazarus a bit of good. You must call upon the name of the Lord and look to him personally, which is what the fourth link in the chain brings out. And it answers the question, how do I know I'm called? All of whom he calls, he justifies. Now this brings us right to the cross and the obedience of our Savior. How do I know I'm called? Therefore, how do I know I've been predestined? Therefore, how do I know God has loved me from all eternity? Therefore, how do I know he's working together all things for me for good? No matter how bleak, how black, how painful, how tearful it may be, how do I know this? Have you closed 
with Christ? Have you honestly looked to the Lamb of God and said, You are my righteousness. You are Jehovah, my righteousness. I have no righteousness of my own. Everything in me is filth. I want you, Lord Jesus. You see, faith doesn't rest in religious notions and sentiments and family traditions. No, and if that is you, please listen to me. Faith, God's calling results in you looking personally, fully at the Son of God for righteousness, for renewal, for life. Don't rest in, well, I'm a a good person. Don't rest in, well, you know, I've been baptized. Nothing. It's just going to burn you in hell forever and make the fires worse in your cause if you rest in external advantages and the trappings of false Christianity. That is nothing. The heart of God's knowledge, predestination, effectual calling of us out of darkness into light is that we close with his son. We look to the Lamb of God for righteousness. We confess ourselves to be sinners and we cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 13, 48. And as many as were ordained unto eternal life believe. Let's say you ask your fiance for an evening together. And then you sit in your room and you just think about it. It sure will be nice to see her. She's very pretty. And we're going to be married soon. And it's just going to be great. So you just kind of sit there and think, I've got a good one on my hands. You wonder where to take her for dinner. And you just start running through your head your favorite restaurants. You just sit there. But in your mind, you are contemplating, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to spend an entire evening together and have a nice dinner and good fellowship. But you're still just sitting on your bed. You've got to close the deal on that night. You've got to clean yourself up. You've got to go over and talk to her dad and he's got to give you your marching orders. So you go over and you treat her politely like you always do. You open the door for her and you treat her with dignity because she is not so much your queen as she is God's queen. In other words, you're going and closing the deal. You're not just going to sit there passively thinking, yeah, it's a great thing to be engaged. I wonder how many of us are like that with Christ. Yeah, that preacher, he certainly loves Jesus. And there are certainly members of this congregation who show a deep love for Jesus. And you think, well, that's really fine. But you don't close with him. And if you don't close with him, beloved, you will go to hell. Because you must be born again. And the way you know you are born again is that you look to the Lamb of God, his obedience, his sufferings, and you say, He alone is my salvation. That is closing with God. And that leads to the fifth and final chain. Because when you do that, it doesn't just rest there. You know, whatever. No, that's not the end of it. That's another problem with evangelicalism. Just 
have your conversion experience and you're good to go. No. No, when God loves us, chooses us, calls us, justifies us, He also glorifies us. And glorification here undoubtedly includes our sanctification. Paul is not giving a complete list for you theological students of the Ordo Salutis. He has given us the main headings of it, that what God begins, he is going to complete. This is another reason we can be so assured of God's love for us. What God begins, he always completes. So the things in our lives that trouble us, and the things in the broader nation, and all these things that so bother us, they can't overturn God's eternal love. They can't overturn predestination. They can't overturn God's calling. They can't overturn the cross and justification. And they certainly can't overturn God's intent, God's will, and God's purpose to glorify you. So that the tears you may be crying now, God will one day wipe them away. The struggles with sin that you now feel. God will one day perfect that which concerns you. The things that have been heavy burdens that are working for you. They are working for you an eternal weight of glory. Think about this. There's nothing that can hamper God's love for us. Yeah, but it can get pretty bad out there. You better have about 20 years of water stored up in your garage. You know, you just can't ever tell what's going to happen in the future. But understand, if God loves you, has chosen you, called you, justified you, there is nothing, not even the worst calamity you can imagine, that will prevent him from completing his work in your life. Do you know what he's going to To use, to do it, suffering. It's not only the thing he uses, but at the heart of this, he uses the troubles, the trials, the tears, the wayward children, the surgeries, the death of loved ones. He uses all these things to bring us to glory. So how can we have assurance? One word, God, and what a big word that is. Because look at everything that he has done for you and I. When he wants to give us assurance, he doesn't say, here are three things you can do to change your life. He says, behold my glory. Isn't it funny that Moses in Exodus 33, when he wanted to see God's glory, and it was a very difficult time, the people were rebelling, and it just looked like everything was lost but it's interesting that Moses didn't say Lord can you just give me a different people Lord could I at least have some creature comforts while I'm out here in the wilderness because I've been so faithful to you no he wanted one thing he said Lord show me your glory because if you do not go along with us life is not worth living You know, one of the reasons we are so dissatisfied and are tossed to and fro 
is because what we want the most is not God. We want a religion that will clean up the margins of our lives, but leave our idols untouched. And that's why there is not much true religion in the United States of America. Oh, there's a lot of convenience religions. There's a lot of fairy tale piety. You know, when you think about it, we are really cruel to our children. Can you imagine teaching children for all the years they go to school and they spend eight hours there every day that there is no God? A teacher may never say there's no God, but he is never brought up in the discussion. His word is never looked at. So when millions upon millions of children grow up for all practical purpose, God is dead. So we are cruel to our children in this nation. And not only do we kill them in the womb, but if they happen to make it out, we kill them when they get out. Why is this? Why do we do all of this? Even in the church, we just turn a blind eye to some of it because we want man-oriented religion. I want God, but I want God on my terms. I want to live my life the way I want for the most part. Oh, every now and then I'll bring in God when I get into trouble. But I don't want the God who foreknew. I don't want the God who predestined. I don't want the God who called. I don't want the God who justifies. I don't want the God who glorifies. I want the God who will serve me and make me feel better. The problem is, there is no such God. The God of Americanism is really man-centered. Without the God of the Bible, it is a sham. But for us, we have a high and lofty foundation for assurance. We have this wonderful God. We didn't deserve anything but His judgment and His wrath forever. And yet He loved us when we were unworthy. He chose us when we were His enemies. He called us when we were dead. He justified us when we were yet sinners. And He is going to glorify us one day. That means everything that is happening in your life right now, everything that will happen that you don't even know about yet, is very well going to give you a sucker punch like you can't imagine. But let me tell you, if God rules for anything, he rules to test the righteous. Psalm 11.5, the Lord trieth the righteous. But whatever happens, God is working out his purposes. And we can rest assured in him that all things work together for our good. I'll close with this. This chain is not around your neck unless you have closed with Christ. All things are not working together for your good unless you have come before the cross and that empty tomb and said, Son of God, Savior of sinners, have mercy upon me. The chain that is around your neck is dragging you down. And beloved, I would be cruel indeed if I didn't invite you to the one who said, Come take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You will find rest under your soul. 
my yoke or my chain is, my, is light. It is easy. The Lord Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, who rose again for our justification, that we might be reconciled to God. Do you know him? Have you been born again? Has God called you? Is your name Lazarus? Has he come to your tomb and called you out? For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord may know, will be saved. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.